All right. So happy New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Some people refer to the day before the Eve as the Adam, but I don't. So um, instead, I just say it's Wednesday night, the 30th of December, 2020, the last Wednesday in this year. And what a blessed year it has been. Welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we have supernatural and prophetic encounters with the Word of God, because that's where it all really originates. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, which is located in San Jose, California. And tonight you are with me here in my living room as we prepare to uh, have these conversations that I ask the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to talk to us about tonight? And he kind of gave me an indication. So we're going to pray. We'll answer questions. I'm sure they're telling you where we're typically located, where we will be again um, next week. And if my niece, Carissa Camille, is watching, this is my Christmas present from her. It says, best aunt ever. And nobody's ever said that to me before. So I count it precious. And for the person that would want to know, what am I drinking tonight? Tonight I am drinking... Caramel Coconut Mocha. It's coffee, actually, but that's the flavoring of it. So now I've answered the very important questions that happened at the beginning <laughs> of everything. We're going to pray, and then we will go into conversation. I will say this, too, before I pray. If you have questions, you can either post them online, and one of the moderators will get those to us, or... You can, for the inside folks, you know, contact Crystal Kemp. And while I'm praying, she'll adjust camera and do all that, okay? You don't actually need to watch me pray anyway. Lord, I thank you for tonight. <clears throat> I thank you for the conversation that you have been having with your people all along. I pray that our ears are tuned in to hear what it is that you have to say as we settle in in a cozy atmosphere to listen to you because yours is the greatest voice that we will ever know. I pray for the hearers. I pray for the seers. I pray for the doers. I pray for all that you cause to tune in tonight or to watch on replay, that you're able to minister grace to them, that you're able to minister mercy and truth, there is no other truth. You are the source of truth. The truth is your name. And we thank you for the entrance of it into our lives, into our, into our thinking, into, our, into every part of who we are, into our physical bodies. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the example of unity, being one. And there is no oneness, there is no unity, there is nothing except it's in you and it comes from you. Raise the questions that you want to answer tonight. Put them in our minds and our hearts. Cause us to ponder something that is said, to inquire of the Lord and to hear from you. There is no kingdom conversation without the king and without the words of the king. And so I settle myself in to be a student, one that learns, a disciple, 
one that becomes disciplined, all of the things in a pastor, one that leads, shepherds, does what it is that you want. I pray that the words of my mouth, the things that come forth from my heart, will edify the hearers, will cause us to look at you in an even a greater fashion and will draw us to you the way that you want to be drawn. And I thank you for all of that in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. So I'm missing one item, which I'm going to have to ask somebody in the house to give me, which is my little pink notebooks, which are probably sitting in my room on my bed or in my bag. But what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, our Apostle Dr. Baker has begun a... Well, she's done, it's ongoing, but now she's begin to really focus in on teaching us about the patterns of the tabernacle and teaching us about what that is for us, what that means, who Jesus is and who we are to him. And so I'm going to kind of pick up on some of that and carry over from what we were sharing on Sunday in Biblical Solutions for Life. I want to try as much as possible to stay on track with this particular series before we go into the com the commentary, or rather the conversations we're going to have in the year 2021. So if you have questions that pertain to last Sunday, or questions... Thank you, Crystal. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have questions pertaining to what we talked about last Sunday in Biblical Solutions for Life, or you have uh, questions that pertain to what we're going to talk about tonight again, insiders, you can go ahead and text Crystal. And for those of you that don't actually have that relationship with us as of yet, you can go ahead and just write your questions in on the, on the conversation that happens online. Because currently we are on Periscope. We are also broadcasting on Twitter, and we will be expanding to Facebook Live and some other platforms coming up in 2021. So I have to get all these preliminaries out of the way as we're getting ready to go into the topic of conversation. If you have something naughty to say, we will shut you down. Just want to let you know that too. For those who are mischievous or mad or thinking that it's fun to watch a Christian thing, as you call it, or... Jesus people or whatever it is that you refer to us as and be rude well you can be rude but we'll be direct and we'll shut you down we'll pray for you too okay all right um I don't have any questions as of yet right okay okay I do bible studies uh one-on-one -on -one type of bible studies with various people on zoom calls and sometimes on telephone and sometimes on facetime and I only do one on Wednesdays. And uh, the person I refer to is I call Birdie. So when you hear me saying, um, I had a talk with a little Birdie, or something along those lines, I'm really referring to an actual person. And that's the nickname she goes by. And so we talked today, and she was sharing with me about how she woke up and she could sense the thoughts that were coming against her that were offended at God. It wasn't her thoughts, but they were thoughts that were trying to become part of her. She did reject it, 
But as we were praying, it was like to pray into that and find out from the Spirit of God, you know, what what do you want to say to us on that level and on that wise? And so as I was uh, sitting there, I'm going to be funny, as I was sitting there in hair and makeup before we got started, uh, or even prior to that, I was asking the Holy Spirit, well, what do you want to talk about tonight? What is it that you want to get across to us? And he let me know he wanted to talk about patterns. So again, Apostle Baker is teaching us on the patterns of the tabernacle, which is not really what we're going to talk about tonight. But we're going to, for the first conversation, for the first bit, we're going to talk about patterns. I want to show you some things in the Word that I do not claim to be uh, perfected in, but I do have an understanding of it just from all the, shall I say, screw-ups that I've committed over the years. And so we're going to begin in the scriptures, and I want you to mark 2 Kings chapter 16, because what we're going to talk about is the folly of leaders that follow the wrong pattern. So when you go to 2 Kings chapter 16, it is talking about King Ahaz, who went, this scripture in verse 10, 16, chapter 16, verse 10, says that King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and he saw an altar at Damascus, and King Ahaz sent to Urijah the priest the fashion of the altar and the pattern of it, according to all the workmanship thereof. Now, what was so important about this? What it is is that this king, who was from a tribe of Israel, he's king of Israel, and he's supposed to follow after the ways of God and go according to the pattern that you'll read about in the book of Exodus where Moses, when giving instructions for the building of the tabernacle and, the, and all of the furniture and all of the other things, in chapter 20, let me see, what is it? Exodus 25, uh, verses 8 and 9, God had given, told him, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And according to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. Well, the altar was part of that. But the king of Israel in this season saw the, the, the altar that was used to, to present to foreign gods, to a foreign king with whom he had already compromised. And he saw what the king of Assyria had, and he liked it so much that he decided he sent to his priest, the, who we believe Urijah was the high priest, to say, this is what I want. I want an altar that looks like this. I don't want this one that Solomon had. I don't want this boring old religious kind of or symbolic thing that's supposed to represent God, but it has no frills. It has no excitement. It's not popping. It's not snapping. It's not looking good to me. <laughs> that's really what he was saying. I want to model the altar after what Assyria has, after this idolatrous thing. Now you can see how you can pull the New, the, the New Testament or it in, in Romans where it tells us, do not be conformed to this world. Don't fashion yourself after it. But be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be conformed to the word of God. Be conformed to the ways of God. Don't allow yourself to be caught up with the way that the world does it. Which for us even includes our expressions. We use so many expressions that are more in sync 
with a mind that is darkened and understanding toward the ways of God. But we like the expressions, and I'm an expression person, so so please bear with me here. What I, I sense is that the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you know, I can give you original commentary. You're not supposed to be modeling the church after the idolatrous world. You are to model after the pattern that I have given you. The word pattern is one of the translations of it is model. And for people in business, we're used to that, a business model, a, a way of doing things. It's a pattern that has been established and you want to style yourself. You want to style your behavior. You want to style your, uh, your life after the pattern that you have signed up to, you know, to, to follow after. We're supposed to be the pattern that others follow after. We're not to follow the patterns that are secular in nature, that are godless, and that deny his righteousness or his ways. So that's already a lesson that you can see. It's the conversation I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to say, and it'll keep you below par. All the ways that we try to do things the way others do it, that is not the way that God said to do it. Now, I'm not talking about things like eating with a knife and a fork. I'm not talking about going grocery shopping or, uh, you know, things of that sort. That saying, we're not to do that because it's something that the world does. That's not where I'm coming from. But what I will say is when you grocery shop with the Holy Spirit, when you pay your bills the way that the Spirit tells you to, when you model your finances according to the pattern of wealth which comes from the kingdom of God not from all of the big gurus that do wealth seminars until you sign up to hear from the greatest minds of the world you don't want to hear from the greatest minds of the world you want to hear from the mind of Christ and to walk in the ways of the Holy Spirit that's really what we want to do but when our culture has dumbed down the things that God has or or said that he's he's a he's a brown wren in a peacock society or any of those type of things that you're doing meaning he hey the world is all colorful like Vegas at night when the neon lights are bright because when you turn the lights on or Broadway even um, I, I went to Broadway once when I was in New York and it was like wow so beautiful out there all lit up and and Times Square and things that it wasn't Broadway it was Times Square and going out there and just seeing it all lit up at night when the neon is flashing but you know it's pretty tawdry in the light of day when you see that the the lights were what were making it so exciting when the lights are off it doesn't have the same look to it it doesn't have the same appeal to it fountains at night when it's all lit up beautiful incredible still nice to look at in, in, in daytime, but it doesn't have maybe the same appeal, the same romance, the same flavor. This is what comes from living according to how you feel and following your feelings instead of following the Word of God. And that's, I want to keep using these comparisons just to give you examples so that I don't sound so scholarly, which is kind of funny because I'm not a scholar, but I don't want to sound so uh, serious that you don't actually hear me okay so 
the glamour of the world is really a false light, is what I'm telling you. There is a beauty in the things of God. There's a beauty in the way that he does things. There's something about peace, true peace, that comes from God that truly surpasses all of the compromises that we do in relationships sometimes to try and have what we call peace. But it isn't peace, it's compromise. And really what you're trying to do is get a rest from somebody ranting and raving so you cave, so that you can stay on the good side, which is an interesting segue because it takes us back here to the scripture that we're reading because in chapter, um, in verse, still 2 Kings 16, look at verse 11, 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 11, it says, Urijah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. Because the king had said, I want this. I want this to happen quick. And he sent it to the man of God and said, make this for me. That was not what the job was of the priest. The priest was not uh, supposed to do everything that the king wanted. The priest did not represent the king. The priest represents God. And so he was supposed not supposed to change the pattern that God had established in order to, uh, to make this king happy. But what it says is that he built the altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Urijah the priest made against, um, made it against what King Ahaz came from Damascus. So he did what the king wanted. Now, I read in this little con commentary, and I, I thought this was really interesting. And so I want to just kind of highlight a couple of things here. Uh, just to give us a little insight. It says that Ahaz had, he was, he was not a righteous king. He had sacrificed in high places. He had sacrificed on hills and under every green tree. And you'll find that in verse 4 of chapter 16. But God's altar, he had left alone. Now he's going out there in the groves. He's going out there with the idols. He's doing the different kinds of false worship. In other words, he's out there serving the world even though his tribe, even though his, you know, this, he was supposed to be following after the God of Israel, but he was running after other gods. But it says that he had at least left God's altar in its place to use the way it was supposed to. And his burnt offering and his meat offering had been offered on God's altar by the priest of God that were supposed to attend to it. Okay, that's 2 Kings 16, 15. But here it says that when he went to see um, this other king in Assyria, he wanted to move the things of God to another place. And he wanted this altar where he was going to sacrifice and worship the, king, the same gods that the king of Assyria worshipped. He wasn't going to worship God on this. He had never thought, oh, I want a beautiful altar to worship God. He just said, I like this altar and I want this. And I'll do it. I'm modeling it after the pattern of what I saw when I went to see the king of, of Assyria. I want something like that in my place. And so I'm sending, give me the materials. Let me send this thing. Let's do this. He's already with intent in his heart saying, there's more than one God. You can worship more than one. I mean, it's important to give the burnt offerings to the, to, to the God of Israel. It's important to do these things. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes a guy's just got to like, you know, 
you got to unwind a little bit. You have to be able to let your hair down or up or do whatever. You know, you got to be able to relax. It's not all suit and tie and holy, holy, holy all the time. Sometimes you just want to take off your shoes and wear your socks and pop open a can of something and, you know, throw back that and just relax. And if God is not with that, then I just need to kind of hang out over here outside of his shadow so that I can express my humanity in ways that are suitable and real to me. And I know we've all said things like that because many people, if you don't pursue a relationship with the, the, the true God, a true relationship, an honest, intimate relationship with him, you may very well think, that your whole, because you're thinking Christianity, you're not thinking kingdom, so you'll think Christianity doesn't have much to it. You go to church, you're supposed to pray, and you read your Bible, and occasionally you're supposed to give an offering, and if you go to one of the other kind of churches, I guess you also have to tithe, or, you know, but you go through rituals and duty, and then the rest of the week, you are on your own, because I cannot maintain, this is what people think, I can't really maintain an honest relationship with God all the time because I have no clue what to say to him. And it's not like he's actually talking to me other than I guess people say if you read the Bible, but I've got football games to watch. I've got dominoes or cards to play. i got folks to socialize with. i got a job i got to do and I have to work extra hours now because of all of the things that have happened in the world. And, 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 and the list goes on and on and on. If you don't have conversations with the king, then you don't know that he thinks quite differently and he is a lot of fun. He's very serious about who he is. And his whole heart and intent is to keep us not in line like we're a bunch of bad kids, but to keep us in a place where he can continue to pour out his pleasure upon us. People who don't know him, think that what I just said is shocking to the core and it's like oh you can't talk about God like that it's like well how would you like me to talk about him as if he were a stranger because he's not not to me right so this is what this king did so he had taken this away and he put an idolatrous altar in the room where this is where the where the altar to God and where the, all these things are supposed to do. So the model of this new altar he took from Damascus. And he wanted this and he sent back and said, get this done. Now, Uriah, the priest, he was likely the chief priest, possibly. This is what some of the commentators say. But he presided in the temple service and he was sent this concept, this pattern, this this. Uh, blueprint this is what I want here's everything that it takes to do it make this thing for me that's what he heard and it doesn't say that he pushed back it doesn't say in the scripture that he balked at it wondered at it spoke to the king so I don't know what his relationship was and if I start doing research and I could have more answers but right now we're doing more topical because the point of it is using this as the basis for this conversation that we have and then we're going to flip over to the con to not the contrast but the truth um, this is the this is the type of life that people really live in 21st century and oftentimes it's even in the body of Yeshua 
And it's not the life that we were called to live. It's the wrong pattern. That's what I want to say. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. It's the wrong pattern for your life. And it can mess you up. So I'll go down. It says that in verse 11, 2 Kings 16, that Uriah went on ahead and immediately put this thing to work. I don't know if he liked it. Hey, this is popping. This is a good looking altar right here. I lent this. This is pretty. This is great. This is this is so much better than that plain one, isn't it? I mean, we just added a few little frills and 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 curves and and carvings, and it just it just it's like it just makes the room. It just does it differently. And so they went on ahead and they obliged the king. And then when they did, uh, they opened the door to wickedness. He was a priest. And it's not the job of priests or apostles or prophets or evangelists or pastors or teachers to conform to the ways of the world. Sometimes we will cave because we don't want to make a big stink, because we don't want to be unacceptable, because we don't want them to think harshly of us, or we don't want to face persecution, we don't want to be lambasted. Um, or which is another way of saying shamed, I guess, on social media. We don't want to be pointed to and said that those people are impossible. They have no compassion for others. This is the lies that they tell you. They say we are unyielding and we are bigoted because we refuse to say that all worship to any God is acceptable. We don't do that. We are not an all faiths kind of people because our God is not an all faiths kind of God. Isn't it interesting? Creator, possessor of the heavens and the earth doesn't agree with the voices of idols. He does not believe that his glory should go to them. And he makes that very plain. But we people will prance and dance away from truth sometimes because we it seems to be important to us to be liked accept it include it and we don't like the feeling of isolation now i don't know if that's a throwback to your elementary school days when you sat at a table by yourself eating a bologna sandwich <laughs> i really don't know or you were the 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 wall the uh the one that stood stood against the wall when you and your pretty friends or popular friends went to a school dance and nobody asked you to dance or if you're a guy and you asked somebody to dance they all told you no i don't know if that's what your mind goes back to the days when you were alone or rejected and and felt like you weren't included but i'm here to tell you that taking a stand is not the same as taking a fall understand when you or I cave into the ways of the world and follow after the patterns of idolatry, we are moving away from safety, we are moving away from covenant, from promise, and we are failing in our, uh, uh, we're compromising, which is a failure to believe God. It's a failure to trust Him, and it's a failure to obey Him. And that's not the life that we were born from above to live. So I challenge compromise. I truly do. I've done enough of it over the years to tell you it has a terrible taste and terrible aftertaste and terrible after effects. It's just not good for you at all. 
as we'll see that they dedicated this thing and the sacrifices that he offered were not offered to the God of Israel but to the gods of Damascus now you can have as a side scripture that supports what I just said it's like how do you know PL3 or Pastor Lee or uh, whatever it is however I'm referred and I know it's a nice way um, Second Chronicles chapter 28 it tells us something very interesting because I, I don't want to just stick with all of this as I said I'm going to go to something else what it tells us is that let me see did I print it okay go to second chronicles chapter 28 and I just want you to see this one thing here and I pray that this helps you to determine to stand and you know sometimes the stand we take we're the ones that get boring because we don't have enough information or we feel obligated to explain um, why we follow God the way that we do you don't need to explain it you just take the stand that will the, you know what the Holy Spirit will make the explanation because I fear God because I love him because he's good to me you live the life he said to live and um, he just gosh he's just amazing let me see chapter 28 and I want to go to verse 21 I think it is second Chronicles chapter 28 and it says in verse 19 let's start with verse 19 it says for the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz the king of Israel for he made Judah naked he stripped them and transgressed sore against the Lord and Tiglath-Pileser king of Assyria came unto him and distressed him but strengthened him not now he's thinking I'm, I've got to be good with this king you know it's kind of like kids that get you want to be with the cool kids at the dark end of the of the of the campus or or the cool people at work or something you want to fit in with the ones that seem to have the inside track and they're the ones that do all the drinking or the smoking of illegal substances or the this or the that or the other things that are against how you said that you want to live so you think but it won't hurt when I'm not I'm not actually in the church I'm not doing anything this way this is how people end up waking up next to strangers in hotel rooms or motel rooms or in other people's houses this is how you end up being stripped of your money this is how some of these these things happen because that compromise takes us out of protection and opens a door where the adversary has the right to enter in and plunder it's that thing of following the wrong pattern going after the wrong way of thinking and here this king this leader did such a thing and what happened it says that the one that he thought that he was all good with turned on him like a snake will like a scorpion will because it was in the nature of the king of Assyria to bring about destruction to Israel at any at any and every opportunity Assyria was a very fierce nation and they were not they didn't take prisoners they killed they plundered they destroyed it's what they did they worshiped other gods and they were very violent and bloodthirsty and they would turn on you but they caused you they intimidated to the place that said I will force you or intimidate you or coerce you to bow to me and to do things the way that I want you to do them and when you do you mealy mouth little weakling I will destroy you because you're worthless to me since you don't even know how to stand I'll use you while I can and when I'm done with you I'm done with you 
And that's the attitude that they had. That's actually the way Satan uses people. He uses, he uses, he uses them to do the dirty work that he wants them to do to defy their promise and their destiny in God. I want you to fail in pleasing God because I want to bend you to my will. I will never let you know that you actually, if you belong to God, have authority over me. I will never let you believe that. I will harass you and torment you and exercise my rights that you have given me to keep bringing destruction and deception into your life. Now he doesn't write that in the fine print. He will never tell you that. Except sometimes if you look at him and you ask him, well, do you want me to live? He's like, well, just until I kill you. You know, I'd like to destroy you. I want to kill you. I want you to die. And I want you, you know, he, I don't think he particularly cares if you join him. But he's very happy that you don't join God. Because there's no love. Satan has no love for anyone. you got to see this. Because it's expressed through the ways that he uses people to use other people. He uses whatever opportunity he can to influence. And this is what was happening through Assyria. And Israel was, again, you have a covenant. You have all things. But if you don't know what you have, it's very easy to trade it away for what looks better. That's why you got to know. We have to know who we are. We have to know what we have. And I'm dedicating the rest of my days on this earth to proclaiming this message and to teaching people the message of truth is what I'm talking about the message of the kingdom to remind people of who you are and what you have or to learn alongside of because we're ever learning we have so much more than we know and I believe the word of the Lord for us in this coming season is this is he told this to me personally but I'm sharing it because I it's not I don't think of just private interpretation. It's wow season. We have come into the season of wow. Wow, God. Wow, wow, wow. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a great ride. That's what I believe. And he indicates that to me in his word and in the things that he's saying and the directions that I'm being given, the instructions to follow after. Everything about my life has changed. For the better. I do mean it when I say 2020 has been an incredible year. Why? Well, for one thing, because I've learned that when I'm being lied to, I will stand for truth, even if it doesn't make me popular with my family or friends. And I don't think I was ever popular with my family or friends, so I don't think that really matters anyway. But I understand that the cost to compromise could cost them as well. And here we are, Second Chronicles 28. It says in verse 21, Ahaz, for Ahaz took away a portion of the house of the Lord and of the house of the king and of the princes, and he gave it unto the king of Assyria. But the king of Assyria did not help him. See, he traded away his goods for somebody that wanted them and spoke a good talk but had absolutely no intention of ever following through and doing anything that he said that he would do. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to be nice to you. Yes, 
I will treat you well. I'm going to do this, but it's not in them to do it. You see, he didn't look at the character. He didn't look at the pattern. And so he sacrificed. It says, verse 22, and in the time of his distress, Ahaz's distress, did he trespass yet more against the Lord? This is that king, Ahaz. For he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which you just saw in 2 Kings, who smote him. And he said, because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, will I sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all of Israel. That's the whole plan. Get you to sacrifice, get you to compromise, get you to follow the patterns of the world, dazzle you or bedazzle you or bewitch you with the things that look so good on the outside. Don't let you see the tawdriness. Don't let you see that it's cheap, that it's not real gold, that it's not pure. But you see it, you smell things that smell so enticing. You hear music that tickles your senses and you are... If you are one that is so used to following your emotions, you can be enticed away. This is why the Lord spoke to us and to others. And he says, don't go by what you see. Believe that you hear my voice. Listen for my voice that echoes through this written word. And the voice of God will lead you in a way that your emotions would not want to follow. But ultimately, your emotions will cave. Because when things go really well, your emotions will get all happy and snappy. But it has to be what God said. You want to maintain high emotions? Obey God. Follow Him. Believe Him. And everything else, the Bible says this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and God's right way of doing things and everything else that you desire it will be added to you and I guarantee that will make you happy if happiness is that high on your list if you rely on your emotions to be happy because happiness is something that you control because it's based on the choices that you make right so at any rate it says that the but what's even worse was what the priest did, Uriah, because he compromised for the nation as well. Now the king was over the nation, so the king is the one that ultimately caused the tumbling, but the priest was supposed to help to trot, to continue no matter what, even at the danger of being beheaded, if you will, to always speak what God says in the face of the spittle, in the face of being belittled, in the face of of derision or contempt or anything else. And even when you're a preacher, sometimes it can be hostile. When you're standing up on a platform and people don't want to hear what you say or they just don't like you in that given moment. Um, They may find you in what they refer to as a moment of your weakness or your humanity. And some people are looking for that, looking for your weakness to exploit it or to find reason not to believe you or to pay any attention to what God says if you are the delivery person. If you're the vessel 
and they can find fault with you. They saw you picking your teeth or you were rubbing the side of your nose, but it looked like you were digging for gold. Uh, you know, they don't like your manners. They overheard you in a conversation with someone and they said, see, I knew that you were really like that. And you cannot, as a priest, as a, as a servant of God, as a kingdom citizen, you cannot afford to be a people pleaser. You just can't. Because you're only going to succeed in pleasing a certain percentage. The rest are not going to be happy with you until you do what they want you to do. Now see, this is what people have, many people have in common. They all want you to do what they want you to do. Got that? They want you to do what they want. However, here's where the split happens. They don't all want the same thing. They want the same, they have the same desired outcome. Do what I want you to do. Be who I want you to be. But they don't all want the same thing. So you would be running around literally, okay, this person likes me to wear hats. Oh, this person likes me when I'm blonde. Oh, this person likes me when I wear pants. Oh, this person likes me when I drive a sports car. This person like, you see what I mean? You can't do it. You can't do that as a parent and you should not be doing that as a spouse or future spouse. Do not live to please people, men, women, boys, girls, children, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, live to please God. Scripture, when a man's ways please God or please the Lord, it causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You're going to have to strengthen ourselves. We strengthen ourselves, encourage ourselves in the word of God to follow after him and to please him because that's precisely, it's not what would Jesus do. This is what Jesus did and still does, pleases the Father. Okay, last part of this. So that's what happens. You are, you tend to ruin when you follow the patterns of the world. When you see something that the world has, we've done this in churches. Oh, I like that presentation, the way they do it. So let me run in here and let's go and model something in the in the in the uh, church. Let's do it the way the world does it. Let's do the the the, the talks the way the world does them. Let's do. Um, the world believes that you should only have these 15 or 20 minute kind of things. And, you know, because the attention span of many, according to statistics, is what it is. And psychologically speaking, this is this. I had um, a few comments about, well, your program could be shorter and then you could do this and then you could do that and you probably increase viewership. And I went to the Holy Spirit about it and he said, I don't want to do that. It was like the most interesting conversation that I'd had to date with the Holy Spirit because he literally, I heard him inside of me, I don't want to do that. He was like, why do you want to cut me off in 30 minutes, but you don't cut the world off in 30 minutes? You'll go and spend two, three, four hours, video games, then the football game, then the, the, uh, the movie or whatever it is. Think about how many hours you prepare for a tailgate party or for... Uh, uh, a Super Bowl is coming up in January, I guess, maybe, or whatever. And it's like, oh, wow, we got to get the dip. We got to get to this. We got to get that. I mean, how many months of presentation went for Christmas? And people, oh, we got to get together. We got to wrap gifts. We got to do this. We got to get to the post office because, you know, we're not going to see everybody. And we're going to do this. And how much presentation or time and preparation was put into preparing for that? You know, it was last Friday. 
And when Friday came and the gifts were open, was the day over? How much of the time was spent worshiping the king that Christmas is supposed to be heralding his birth or the time of his birth? You know, it's like the Lord said, you spend so much time doing things that don't have anything to do with me that when the time comes to have something to do with me, you want to cut that time short. But you wouldn't want me to cut your time short. You see? So it's just a twisted priority. And don't get uh, guilty and in a snit over it, okay? It's actually something I'm saying, but you should not be con uh, condemned because of it. If you convict it, then go have that Holy Spirit conversation and just find out what he wants you to do and do it. Because you know what he's not going to tell you? I don't want you to spend any time with your family. I don't want you to spend any time wrapping gifts. I don't want you to spend any time planning the meal. I don't want, he's not going to say any of that. But he will teach you how to get balance in your life. And that thing that you experienced in the prep time, stress, it goes away when you talk to him. I went through that tonight. Like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I don't, uh, you know. And for just those few moments, I was sitting there like, I, okay. I'm freaking out a little bit, and I just had to tell myself, stop, stop, stop. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. Just do what he tells you to do. Everything will work beautifully, not just all right. God doesn't do things so they come out all right. They come out perfect. They come out wonderful. They come out amazing. They come out as a blessed time and all those kind of things. So here... Exodus 25, we said it again, verses 8 and 9. God said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments therein. So what he's saying to you is every task I give you to do, I will also give you the way to do it. He will tell you in me how he wants something done. He'll give us the pattern. He gives us the formula. He says, I want you to create great wealth. Okay, how do you want me to do it? I'm going to give you the power to create this wealth to establish my covenant in the earth. And here's how I want you to do it. So I, I'm just telling you that this is the way that he does things. He doesn't just give you a command or, or make that instruction, but he gives you the steps to follow. It's actually, it's supposed to be, a conversation where you go back to him and say I'm I'm in I want to create this wealth how do you want me to do it or as we have in this word to our house that there's billions of dollars that have been set aside for the church he wants us uh, to have this conversation with him how do we open that up so that you can pour it through us what is it that you want to accomplish you know the money comes because there's a plan the money comes because there's an instruction that's been followed that you're saying, ah, yes, I will do this. God says, I want you to build a prison. Okay, we're saying yes to that. How do we do it? What do you want us to do? And as we follow through, I want you to um, own a fleet of, uh, I want you to buy a bunch of clunkers and, and things and, and open up a body shop. I want you to repair things. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And with all of that comes the... Um, the steps to follow. Does that make sense? I hope I'm not putting anybody to sleep on this. Okay. Um, 
He says it's a time for me to pour it out. It's a time for those who are prepared. So pre 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 preparation comes from not trusting your eyes, but trusting that I hear his voice and that his voice will line up his, that what I hear in my spirit will line up with what is written in his word. And then I do what I hear and that's what causes it to come. You see that? Trust not by my feelings. My eyes can sometimes be my feelings and my emotions. But go by faith, by the spirit. Listen for the spirit to spirit conversation, not the uh, flesh to flesh, not the carnal conversation, but the flesh, but the spirit conversation. And then by the spirit you obey. You hear him by his word, and then you do what he tells you to do. Okay? And, um, and then you go from there. Okay, trust that you hear my voice and do what you hear. And then he says something very important because he says, I know how to stop you if you're heading in the wrong direction. So you don't have to, oh, I don't know if I'm hearing him. I would have done something, but I wasn't sure that he was saying it. I know how to stop you if you're heading in the wrong direction. That's actually scripture. Um, if I can find it tonight, I will. But it's a scripture in Ephesians where God basically just says, if you're going in the wrong direction, I will correct it. So you don't need to be afraid. Um, I think it's Ephesians 5. I'm not quite sure. So, uh, But I am telling you that it's there. I know how to stop you. I know how to put you on track. If in anything, the scripture basically says, if in anything we're not um, lined up, then God will let us know. God will bring us back on track. God will cause us to be aligned. Gently, he says, he leads those that are with young. He leads you in the way that I should go. He, he, I listen for your voice in the morning so that I don't sin against you. You waken me morning by morning with words for me to hear. Can you see all the different places in the scriptures where he tells you, I will talk to you. I really want to talk to you. I want to have these conversations with you. I want to bring healing to your life in the places where you have abrasions from your relationships with other people. So the last part, Hebrews 8. Now these things which we have spoken, this is verses 1 through 6. He says, this is the sum. Uh, after everything that they were saying in, in the book of Hebrews, he says, we have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of, of the throne of majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord put up, pitched, and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer, talking about Jesus. For if he were on the earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished. That was the tabernacle of Moses and the installation of the law. Okay, When he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, said God, that you make all things according to the pattern. That was Exodus 25, what I just read, Exodus 25, 9. See that you make all things according to the pattern that I showed you in the mountain. I showed you in the conversation you had with me. I showed you in our quiet time. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. The pattern is the model. The scripture tells you in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom. But it also says in the prayer that Jesus taught, my Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The model of heaven. Let, let heaven be the model for life on earth. 
Let the way things are done in heaven be the way that we do things in the earth, according to the pattern, following the model, the business model, the, the relationship model, the wealth model, the health model, the wholeness model, the strategy model, the war model, the or warfare model, every pattern that you need, that I need in life. Jesus is our tabernacle. I'm not going to get into that. I probably will follow up on some things that Apostle Baker teaches on Sunday that I'll teach the following week. But I'm saying simply, just extracting just that part, do it according to the pattern. It's so funny. Many years ago, I was invited to minister at a women's meeting at a church. And this was the message that I had according to the pattern. And isn't it interesting? All these years later, it's come back because I failed to follow up and to really live my life that way in those days. But the God who brings you back into alignment has put me on track now. And that's a testimony that he will do the same and wants to do the same for you. So do I have any questions or any comments? Yes. How would you distinguish patterns in the word and well, and well established traditions of men that claim to be based on the Bible? By reading the Bible. Because the patterns that you see that bring about well-being according to what God said, it, it has to be not the way the traditions of man have defined it. That in and of itself tells you is the tradition of man to obey God or to build something that God doesn't get the glory for. Um, that's an overall general, but I would I can answer your question better if you give me a specific. Okay? okay. So go on and bring me something specific. You have something in mind that you're thinking about when you ask this? Because that is really too broad a question um, for me to be able, I think, to be satisfactory in the response. Anything else? And Frederick, I got your comment, and thank you very much. Um, okay. All right. So that's that first conversation that we have, and we can come back to it if there's any other questions, and whoever that is, if they have more that they want to add to it, okay? Um, let me see. What else do I want to do today? Well, I kind of want to talk a little bit about 2021. I had some other things on my mind. Let me go back to something I was saying. I was saying that we sometimes think that we should do things the way that the world does. And uh, even in, like, I'm, I'm planning. Okay, I'll give you this. I'm talking to a most, I'm going to make a pun on your name, my friend, and I hope you catch it. So if you do, give me a thumbs up. Uh, if you're watching, she may not even be on. But um, I have a most excellent friend. <laughs> who is uh, work? She's become my book agent for my first fruit books because uh, she just basically tells me what to do, and we're working together on some really cool things. And so, one of the things that I'm being response held responsible for as our ministry is expanding, and we are following in the path, if you will, that has been God has directed our apostle to walk in. Our job is to fall in line. And to continue to go that same way. That says that as a ministry, as a house, um, 
And the church is the the church is separate from the ministry, if you will. It's together, but the functions are what I mean. The functions are somewhat different. That's why I'm the pastor of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. All right, under the headship, if you will, or the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the follow the the leader, the push through of our our set person, who is our Apostle Dr. Baker, our, our Apostle Baker, who is also Dr. Baker. Uh, depending on whether you're her client or not. But she's God has caused her to go on an upward, upwardly mobile, meaning from glory to glory path. And we are to follow in the path that is being forged. You understand that? And this happens as she listens to her the the, the other apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the the, the spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit speaking through the various voices in intercession, in, in all of these times, in times of study, in times of prayer, in times of worship, you will hear things from God that absolutely melt the hardness of your heart and bring you to a place of compliance and preparation. So our ministry is on the trajectory, I, I believe, to be better known in places we're very well known in obscure places that sounds like a joke but it's not places that are also that God is that has been brought forth for this season for this time that's what we have entered into is our season but we're not a, a ministry of fame and fortune and and um, we don't seek those things we don't have I can tell you this truly as part of the leadership of, of this particular ministry, that is not our interest. Because it would mean that we would be like Ahaz. And we would want to be pleasing to the world. That's not our heart. Our heart is to please the Father, is to please the King, to learn, to have the heart and to express the heart that Jesus expressed toward his Father. To express that by way of the Holy Spirit to Jesus and to his Father. And that's going to take the rest of our lives. That's why we preach a message that does not necessarily make us very popular, has people calling our church and cussing us out and, I guess, threatening us and doing different things like that because we don't say what the world that is following after Satan wants to say, it wants to hear, but we do speak with the souls that are hungry for truth and a way of escape from darkness and a way of escape from misery. We do speak the words that they want to hear because we extend the scepter of the king for them to grab hold and to be pulled out of things that are going to bring destruction. So just because we don't appear to be what others think, we're not going we we're not going to fit that pattern. You understand? We're not going to follow it. And I'm letting it be known and I know I'm speaking for my apostle. We are not going to do things the way man tells us we need to do things in order to get ahead and to do such and such. We're going to follow what God has told us to do because that is success. That is wealth. That is the flourishing of the ministry. And that will cause many to turn from evil and to come to a place where they can not only be healed, but the truth will make them free. And they will walk in that truth and influence many people that we ourselves could never meet. But they will meet. You 
who are a part of this house. You're to be equipped to go forth and do. That's that's our calling. That's We're sure of this, okay? But in keeping with all of that, I've been told to prepare for the fact that that means that there's some circles that we walk in and places that we'll go that kind of are part of the elevation and so it's not comfortable. Uh, I'm more comfortable sitting right here maybe in my living room than sometimes I am even standing in, in, um, on a platform and ministering, but I love what I do. And so having said that, I am learning how to preach additional messages. Um, what I'm going to be doing, what we're going to be doing is taping, um, live taping some, but a lot of it probably would just be right me in front of the camera and prayerfully somebody working it and doing these teachings that are very long. Um, I'm telling you now, they're like hour long teachings or two hour teachings that are cut up into segments and putting those kind of things on, I think it's called a vlog cast or um, video log type of thing and making those type of teachings available and I'm going to specifically be teaching more on the kingdom of God and things that I would love to get into when I'm standing on the platform but sometimes um, by the time we're done I just I don't have enough time I can I'm only long-winded when it comes to the Word of God and I'm only as long-winded or filled with the breath that the Holy Spirit has because he wants to talk he wants to teach us he wants to reach us, our ears, our eyes, our hearts, our lives. He wants the words of the King to enter into our hearts, to change, to bring transformation into our lives. He wants us to know what we need to know to please our King. So that's something that we'll be working on starting in 20, well, we've already begun the preliminary work. And there's a few research items of things that I have to get. And I'm really kind of excited about it because teaching the Word of God, ministering the Word of God, equipping people with what the Word says and the practical application of it. It's not for me just this is what the Scripture says, but hey, do you see how he's saying you can approach it this way? Hey, do you see how these type of things can, can be done and bringing this to life so that we all flourish, that we all thrive, and that uh, we do the things that we're to do. I want to help other people write their books, especially ministers. Um, that's really something that I love to do. I'm writing more. Yes, absolutely. There's a Kingdom 202 and all kinds of stuff. But I love also helping others, you, to accomplish what you do. And I'll be on the front row applauding your success. Because that's what I'm here for. That's what I am. It's a kingdom resource. I'm not a person that, you know, expects everybody to serve me. Are you kidding me? No, that's not, that's not it. I'm here to serve you. And so in 2021, we'll be opening a lot of these type of things up. I want to help launch some other people to do things that they want to do. And so I'm excited about 2021 that began in 2020. And the wows of God that we're all going to experience. So that's my little 2021-2020 kind of conversation, seeing clearly into 2021. Did we get uh, any more on that question? Okay. Oh, wait. Sorry. 
order of worship like that found in denominations. What about it? That's what you're meaning specifically? Okay. Yeah. I said, can you bring something specific? And it says order of worship like that founded on denominations. Are you talking about according to a program? Like you go into a church and it says, okay, from this time to this time we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Because there are rituals and there are orders of worship um, that are according to a denomination. Like a lot of churches now, they have to have, you have to have service starts either with a morning prayer or it has to start with the praise team. Uh, or the worship team or whatever they're called yes, because they have to get okay because the thinking behind some of that used to be I don't go to all these churches and I would not speak against them alright but what I can tell you is that if we're under the impression that the praise and worship team is supposed to get everybody else all buoyed up and excited about praising God we're off track from the very beginning um, we're not cheerleaders that way. That's not our job, our function. You know, in our church, we typically start with our minister. We, we, we don't often start early. So we just go live and there you are. But sometimes we start before we go live or we'll continue on after we're finished with the broadcast. The objective of our coming together is to be believers coming to hear from God, but also to to do what he wants. That's what you mean by minister to him. We think ministering to God is us cooing love songs and stuff or something. But we're finding we're totally wrong in all of this. You can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says a church service started with the worshipers. You can find in the Bible where the warfare started with the worshipers going first. You read about Joshua and when they were surrounding Jericho and they were told to send forth the, the, the song, the, the, the song leaders and all them first. You can read about that in Chronicles when Jehoshaphat was told, you know, you send those folks first because worship is war. And because praise and worship, it stills the voice of the avenger. It causes Satan and his to be thrown off track because they don't know what to do with people that are are going to praise God for the victory that they have not even yet taken. But that's actually what we're doing with the praise is we're taking it. So we have people that are hung up on, well, how am I supposed to use my gift if I'm called to be a singer or I'm a musician and I need to be in a church where they let me play or I got to need my band to be able to do things. And, and some of them, you know, they're aiming at, they, uh, and they all want to model themselves after the ones that have the hit songs right now. You know, we're not all elevation. We're not all um, uh, Jesus culture. We're not all Bethel or or South uh, South Philly worship church. Or you know, we're not all um, the worship band, the worship group, the worship team, the dance team, the this team. Nothing wrong with any of those things. We get to um, be excited with a worship dance, prophetic worship and dance. In fact, on um, January thirtieth. 2021 so I, I'm not speaking against that but what I am going to say is that each house has to build be built the way the king wants it that's where we depart from tradition that's where it's not three songs a prayer and then we always take offering at a certain time or we always do this you know in our church we have a, a, the moment when the, we let it be known that the, that the giving is open, but you can give at any 
given time, whether it's while the service is going on or after the service or before the service or whatever it happens to be, you can be giving, doing your giving tonight uh, for your last gifts or whatever seeds for the year 2020. You can be doing all that while I'm talking and many times people do or at, at any of it. The, the thing that we're learning is the model, the tabernacle of Jesus. How does he want it done? If your house, hear me on this, the type of house Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship is can never be compared to the church next door or the one down the street or the one you came out of. The one you grew up in in, ch in childhood or the one that you, if you never went to church as a child, the first church you got introduced to when you met the Lord or you were seeking the Lord or whatever. You, we're not to be compared with them because in this, this particular season and dispensation of our calling, that's not who we are. Now, I am a, a, a musician. I'm a worship leader. I have been. I'm a, I can be a choir director. Uh, I can be a vocal coach. I have the background for a lot of that. And so music and worship, if you've ever watched me preach, you know, or heard me preach, I don't know which one you do, then you know, sometimes I'll just start singing and I'll sing a new song. I'll sing something that I try to come up with. I kind of move into something where people can sing along with me, but I'm not singing for people. I sing to him and I sing because the song is on my heart. God is looking for people that will worship. Jesus said, the true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And one of the things Apostle Baker likes to let us know is we're not really equipped to worship publicly because that worship is that intimate. It's like lovemaking. And you're not going to do that on a billboard or I hope or, you know, on camera. That's the part, the intimate. I'm talking to my father or to my lover, Jesus, whatever it is that you're doing. And he is talking back to me. Worship is not one is not a one-sided conversation. It's an opening to us to to let God pour into us the, the, the power of himself. And we are responding to him. Okay? So you cannot you come to our house, you're not gonna see a band at this in this season. You're not gonna see a worship band, you're not gonna have us um, Minister Dury, I know, does certain things with the different songs that we pull from online and we put those words up so that you have that opportunity to sing uh, or to, to do. But it really has to be. We can't make you do it. I mean, people may put your hands together and worship God or do this and do that. And there are times that the Spirit of the Lord is compelling us to say that so that you understand, yes, this is the moment you can do this. But you know what we can't do? We can't make you do it. It's something that has to be in you, no matter where you happen to be. And the form of what they do, they call men call things worship that God does not. The pattern. How do you want to do it? If it pleases the king, then this is what I'm to do. If he doesn't like it, I mean, you can go someplace where the choir is jamming and the songs are great and you're clapping and you're sweating or dancing or whatever it is you're doing and you can go out of there. A lot of places, I don't know how they're going to do it online, but they, they used to call, oh, I got to go get my praise on this New Year's Eve, honey. You know, I got to go get my praise on. And what they were really talking about is this is how I'm going to go party at the church. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Did you go to get your praise on or did you go to please God? 
what's your motivation what's the direction of your heart because the pattern of God means that my heart will yield to go to things the way he wants to do things so that we can please him as a united ministry of people but when you come in and you do things according to how you feel that's why so many ministries churches would have have catered to the flesh to say well we got to get them all you know we got to get them stirred up because right now they're tired they they have this they have that going on and there's a heaviness on the people well the people bring the heaviness but they can also shake it off by worship by releasing by praising by giving thanks to God that's a long answer to a short question does that help any other questions by the way Yes, that helps. Okay. Good. Thank you. Anybody else? Did my extraordinary, excellent friend respond? Or? Yes. Yes. Exclamation mark. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm almost done then. Um, I'm going to talk, I think, on one other topic. Crystal, do you have any questions for me? Um... Okay. All right. I attended a um, online class by one of the apostles that's uh, um, connected to Apostle Baker, and as I was listening to him minister and he's teaching and he's talking about the same type of things, patterns of the tabernacle and so forth. The thing that I wrote were the highlights, not so much of, of uh, his opening comments, were just very to the point, and they ministered to me so greatly. I want to share some of that with you, and I'll give you uh, two more chances for questions. So the one thing he said, and this is so true, it's, it's very, what do you call it, elementary, but the Bible talks about moving from those elementary principles, but what he said is that the expectation, talking about the the ecclesia, which is the governing body, it is for us to grow and to mature, not to stay the same. Let me ask you a question. Here you are in the last um, two days of the year 2020, and I'm sure that your original plans when you were throwing 2019 out and you're thinking 2020 is just going to be the it season or whatever you thought around this time last year when you were getting rid of one year. Um, many people have this thing where they throw away what they've gone through and they call every year, oh, it was a terrible year. It was this year. It was, or it was, I mean, everyone's well, somebody said it's a good year. You know what it is? It's a series of days in a season that you can speak the word of God and end very easily. Well, we went through a miserable time. You know, this year they'll talk about the epidemics and this and that and the other and, and, and make it so that, you know, this was an awful year. Um, looking at the current state of the election and, and all of the different things that, that, that are happening. Again, people base the year on circumstances. Growth is not measured by circumstances. Did you know that? 
Mm. It's by decisions and prayerfully by the Word of God. How much did you grow this year? What are the tangible changes that you can say as you look at your life? Um, some of us have simplified things. Some of us have recognized that people that we've taken for granted mean more to us than we thought. Some of us still have not learned that lesson. Some of us are still thinking that the world should revolve around us and we're still uh, going on imaginary or mental or emotional trips down memory lanes to remember things that are not worth remembering. I was talking to someone today. I think I was talking to Birdie. And the question came up, when you think about the things that offend you, when you think about getting upset because somebody cut you off in traffic, when you think about being ticked off because you they some restaurant didn't get your takeout order right and you can't go back out to get it, um, when you think about the things that people have done that were just you think stupid or worthless or whatever the title is that you've given, I want to ask you to consider thinking how much value does that have for you eternally? What's the eternal value on devaluation of others? What really, how does it add to your maturity when you're still reacting instead of responding? As you're looking at your life, as you look at who you are, how have you personally changed the flavor of someone's life for the better? Not just one person, but everywhere you go. Who are you when you're with, are you the same person around others as you are when you're alone? Does it cost you too much to say something pleasant or to be gracious to people? Or are you still stuck in that place where you gauge and assess and misjudge everything every or judge everything people do according to how it affects you? Those are things that you might want to consider um, if you want to add the value to your life that God is giving you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's value to you on every on every hand. Okay, there's value to you. Are you walking in your value or are you thinking the way the world does and using that to devalue who you are meant to be? And I'd like somebody, if you could, to kind of respond to that or at least to think about it. Or if you need me to clarify what I'm asking, because I've asked a series of questions, but there it's I'm asking one question. But I'm using different uh, examples to make the point. The question that I'm asking is how how are you going to answer Jesus when he asks you, what did you do with the life that I gave you? How many excuses do you still have on the list that prohibit you from obeying God? And how many of those excuses are things like being offended by other people? or being too broke or too sick or being limited because of the mask or the requirements that that uh, are unlawfully put upon you. What are you going to answer? And in the time that you have left, which you may know how much time you have left and you may not, 
who are you going to follow completely? Okay. Lots of questions. Okay, I missed the question. Oh, okay. Well, if there's a question, Frederick, Crystal says she saw one, but she didn't get it. If you got it, or somebody says yes. So, are you saying that it goes actually back to the pattern? So she's. So, are you saying that the pattern is to come together to fellowship and hear the instructions? The pattern is to hear is that each ministry, when you're talking about a church, is to follow the the, the leaders are to hear what God said, and to do what He wants, and the rest of us are to fall in to come into alignment with the will of God. In other words, what I'm saying is. The Lord says to us, I want you to teach um, biblical solutions for life. And you have two sessions. In the first session, you're doing apostolic foundations. In the second session, there's a release of the apostolic voice in, and, and, and a resounding of it with the instructions to forge a path that you, when that opening happens, you are all to uh, hear. You're hearing what, the, what God is saying through his apostolic voice. And in the hearing, do you know what's supposed to be happening for you? No. Crystal, you have to answer for them because do you know what's supposed to be happening to you when that apostolic voice is released? You're supposed to be getting the pictures and the, uh, the of, of your specific part, your instructions. Apostolic foundations opens you up. The teaching I do in the mornings or whoever does the first session, our job is really supposed to be to not to set it up but to give you the things by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows, this is what I want you to have to get your heart ready, the ground ready for the seeds that are about to not only um, be planted, but the harvest that is about to come. I want you to get the picture of what I've called you to do. I want you to get another piece of the instruction of what it is that you're helping to, you all are building together. And then when that apostolic release comes about the tabernacle or about how the priesthood works or, or um, walking in honor or humility or whatever it is, your heart, my heart is to say, yes, God, to that. Yes, God, to that. And in it comes your power to get wealth, the picture of how you will go about your week and the words that you will speak to other people. It's all there for us. And most of the time, you know, if you've ever heard somebody say, wow, we saw lots of angels there and it seemed like they had all these little packages of things that were supposed to be delivered to people. I believe it was the pictures, the, 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 the part, the ingredients, if you will, the instructions or whatever it is that God has given us that is part, our individual part to build something together. So it, what I'm saying is that the, um, Chris, do me a favor and turn down your um, clicking on your phone. Um, what we're supposed to be saying or what we're supposed to be doing is when the leadership, the set person, hears from God, here's how I want this particular gathering to do things, whether it's a lot of music or it's the teaching whatever it happens to be those that come that are, are called and assigned and connected to that house come with that open heart to 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 align 
as opposed to, well, in my old church, we always did it this way. You know, I'm not used to this because where I come from, there was always this. That comparison has to stop because that's what brings the, the, the division. You see, when you come to a specific house, you're assigned to it for the purpose that God has for the house and for every brick or lively stone that is a part of it. A lively stone. Why are we living stones? Because if we were brick and mortar, we would be set and we could never move. But we are living stones, which means in this part, you are here learning and then you'll be shifted over to this part where you're releasing this or shifted to this part where you're commanding, whatever it happens to be, but lively stones that keep on growing, expanding. And as others come in, they'll take the place. You're supposed to do what you do to make the room for somebody else to take that spot so that you can be moved to the next place. And it's a living organism. It is not a brick and mortar organization, a religious edifice. That's not what we are. So when we get you assigned to a standing level global church fellowship, then you're not assigned right now to being a part of a worship band or, or, or having three songs and a prayer and then doing this. And so that's not what you're called to. You're actually called to be sitting in two sessions of biblical solutions. For I said two. Not the second one only, not the first one only. You're called to be a part, and you're supposed to treat it like you would if you were hired to do something, and they said, we're paying you $2,000 or $2,500 a week. You would have your tail there. You would be there on time. You would be early if me because you're going to get a check either at the end of the week or the following week. You need to treat what God has better than how you treat the world. That's what, regardless of what church you go to. But in our house, we have two sessions. And yes, I think you should be in both of them. Why? Because they're not the same. And you're only getting a portion of the whole. And you need it all or else it wouldn't be that. Oh, I'll just catch it online. Catch it online if you want to, but you're not contributing what you're supposed to contribute. You're not pulling the way that you can when you're there. And it's made for you. It's prepared for you. Do you understand? It's prepared for you. So, again, I'm going to reiterate. I know you got the question, but I want to I make this very plain. If you are assigned to this specific house right now, your responsibility is to pull in on the release of the word of God that is going into you to tear things down. Go to Jeremiah 1 and you get it to tear down, to destroy, to demolish the wrong beliefs and the wrong functions that you have had to bring you into alignment with the will of God. Let that word be in you and dwell in you richly and pull on it. And then in the second part, you get the part that punches through to bring you into the understanding that you have need of that now when your calls come and the emails come and you're wondering about the business enterprise or building or the wealth whatever the projects are or your health or your wholeness or how to minister to your family and to minister to others you've got everything that you need and that's your alignment. And as we all do that, I don't just teach in the first one and say, well, okay, I've done my part. I get to go. No, I've got to pull on what was there. And then you know what else? I have to actually go back and listen to what I taught or what was come, came through me because I didn't hear it. I was a, I was a vessel 
but I also, I was a vessel that was pouring out, but I've got to get it in me too. You understand? Yes, I have it in me when I release it, but I don't have what I've released uh, in coming into my ears like you do because I'm not sitting down taking notes. And I know that this is what he's telling us. Then all of a sudden it will shift. And suddenly as this core group is prepared, <laughs> then you may have the band and the this and the that because we will have a core team of individuals that have helped others to do the same thing are taking the teachings and teaching learning it and putting it to work allowing the spirit of god which is the word of god to change us on the inside and through the transformation we are affecting our nation our prayers and everything you're supposed to be on a prayer call you're supposed to be in conformity to what the house is about that's how the pattern works whatever the pattern for the house we follow it that's the unity without separating okay thank you i understand you made you made the picture clear i'm very passionate about this stuff let me tell you okay well i'm actually almost out of time too so did i have any other question um that was it okay these are the three points I wanted to uh, pull from the Apostle Calvin Cook. The expectation is for us to grow and mature, not to stay the same. Next of all, all that we need for our journey is in the Word, is in Jesus, is in the Father, is in the Holy Spirit. It's in Him. He is the resource. He's our outsource. He is our source of all things. And number, the last part, our journey, this walk, this talk that we do, this conversation is not intellectual. It's not for mental astuteness or any other such thing. And as I am fond of saying, it is a spirit to spirit connection that will help us to grow up in all things into Christ. That's Ephesians 4, who is the head. That's what we're here for. That's really why it's so wonderful to be a part of the joined knitly joint to joined together body of Yeshua you cannot do this by yourself you cannot isolate yourself you cannot be a hermit and stay away from people because they offend you your job is to overcome your ability to be offended or be a jerk face or whatever you happen <laughs> to be alright so I think then that's pretty much all that I have to say especially since I seem to have talked a lot. This really helped. Thank you. It helped me too. I just got true. I, whoever asked that question, you get a gold star, and when I see you, I'll give you a chocolate kiss. Not my chocolate. I mean the candy. I'm not going to kiss you. <laughs> I'll kiss you like that. Um, and if I don't know you, I'm still blowing kisses to you. Thank you for the question because it brought clarity to me. I did not know the answer to that question until it started to come out and suddenly I see what I didn't see before so now I am going to be very gung-ho on this but thank you for that thank you for asking that question thank you for your willingness to keep pushing I truly truly appreciate it and I appreciate you okay um, that's it Crystal Denise okay yeah okay you look amazing. Okay. All right. 
All right, well, this has been the final broadcast for the year 2020, our Wednesday nights. And um, Astounding Love, you know that we have a 8.45 p.m. prayer call, which I think is fun because I'm doing an eight, a 7 o'clock prayer call tomorrow night too, but there you go. Um, I love you very, very much. You're all helping me to grow well past what is comfortable for me to do. And I'm being challenged as, as the push has come for all of us to do more, not less, in this, in this willingness to speak up and to declare and to decree the Word of God. My prayer for you is that in 2020, the last days of 2020, that your heart is open to receive the wows of God. And that your year of 2021 is a continuation of that. Because let's face it, people, all those that are thinking what they're thinking are probably thinking more politically. Because as far as I know, nobody said on January 1, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. So really and truly, do not base your life on the way the world does it. That, 20, that another year changes your circumstances. God is who you want to change your circumstances. Mm -hmm. God's word is what you want to employ. Think on those questions that I asked you. And if you don't recall them, then go back into Periscope and replay this, all right? Because, as long as it's available. And then we'll make the, the um, we'll find a way to make these tapings or at least these questions available to you all. But I want you to really think on this. Who are you bringing into this new year? Are you really okay with continuing on as you have been? And if you've been the same person for the last few years and and it's not who God called you to be, break the pattern tonight. Model yourself after the Word of God, meaning He has to tell you. You don't get to tell Him. All right? So that's all that I have to say. The signage should have been up for the receiving of tithes and our offerings and seeds and gifts. Happy New Year. Uh, Lord, I want to sow this into an amazing year or whatever it happens to be. Um, thank you again for, for joining us. I release the peace of God. I release change into you. I release truth into you that what we say and what we do is the truth, the whole truth, and only the truth. And that would be the spirit of the living God and the word of God and the power of the blood of Jesus and his love. You are loved astoundingly. You are loved unconditionally. That's how God sees you. You are not lonely. And if you're broken, we release the words of healing into your life. Thank you so much uh, for your support in this year, for your comments, for your questions. We look forward to more of the same. And so I am Pastor Lundzine Lee of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship in san jose california telling you that i appreciate you blessing you with a prosperous god-filled god-patterned 2021 thank you and that we have come to the end of this kingdom conversation good night and happy new year good night good night